Welcome to season two, Talented, the Get Your Guide Talent podcast. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we had to push back the launch of the season from spring 2020. Though the recording is from a pre-COVID world, we still hope that you can take some nuggets with you from the conversation. For more information about our culture and adapting to safety regulations, please visit our blog, inside.getyourguide.com. Santé, and on to the episode. Welcome to Talented, Get Your Guide's monthly podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and strategies in the talent acquisition industry. Today's theme is what we look for in engineers. Yeah, hi, uh, I'm Fabio Oliveira, and I'm an engineer manager for the Entrip uh, team at Get Your Guide. And I've been with Get Your Guide for more than five years now, uh, after starting uh, as an iOS engineer here. Cool, and I'm Andy Lutz, a technical recruiter here looking after full stack iOS and Android engineering. What kind of role do you hire for? Um, I'm hiring mostly for senior uh, engineers in iOS and Android. I just wanted to ask before you said that you are the manager of uh, Untrip. Yeah. So we, of course, know what the Untrip team is, but for our listeners, could you explain um, what that team is about? Yeah, the Untrip team focuses on the experience our customers have after purchasing their, their activities. We have to make sure that they have their vouchers and they know where to be and when to be there so they can enjoy the activity they paid for. Of course, on top of that, we also want to offer some delighters, improving the, their experience in all possible dimensions. Mm-hmm. When you screen for um, candidates, I assume when applications come in, they land with you first, Andy? That's correct. So what do you look for in a, in a resume? Yeah, so I think one thing that we do also is include some mandatory questions to kind of help people separate themselves just from the resume and kind of get a sense for their, their voice and what they're passionate about. So asking questions such as, you know, the most recent accomplishment they're most proud of and why, um, maybe asking questions around uh, a project they've worked on that has uh, consumer, consumer focus and business impact, because those are things that we really look for in the end. And, and we want to kind of tease that out earlier than later. Um, some people, some of the best resumes are, actually some of the worst candidates, if you believe that. <laughs> um, so we want to make sure we get a sense of their actual individualistic tone and voice as well. Okay. So what would you say is a, is a good, uh, like, what is a good resume? Is, is there such thing as a good resume that leads to a good candidate? Definitely. Um, I think simple is good. Uh, and being able to demonstrate clear metrics and kind of performance um, of what you've done in the past, um, that's usually the best indicator of how whether or not someone will be successful on the job is have you done it before? Um, and so uh, that's really important to us, especially at the senior level, where at that point we would expect this performance for at least four to five years already. And um, yeah, Fabio, anything to add? On the resume side, it's definitely being used to the kind of structures we work here. That's definitely the tech, the tech fit uh, is very important. Is it a similar stack as we work here? Uh, though for senior people, we expect also that people are able to learn on the job. So they don't have to come with a perfect fit, but ability to learn and willingness to learn. Um, though the structures they are used to work are kind of important. Now we have several teams with iOS and Android engineers embedded and they need to collaborate across these team boundaries. Um, the familiarity with these kind of structures are very helpful. 
Okay, just to clarify, so when you say structures, what does what does it mean again? In short, <laughs> yeah, um, we have several teams. We have mission teams. Um, most of our teams are mission teams. So we have within a mission team, engineers have their own goal, their own mission to fulfill. Though they are also collaborating on the same platform as other engineers with different missions, different goals, different deadlines. Um, the, their ability to communicate, although they are not working towards the same immediate goal, is very important. Uh, agree on, I don't know, release dates mm-hmm. or how to test, how to triage crashes that might be coming to a single platform. These structures are, are very important because uh, it keeps people at a, at a pace, mm-hmm. but also with a, a common level of agreement on the direction, technical direction, direction of the platform. And how do you, um, how do you interview for these softer skills? It's assuming they have to do a technical tests, which let's say they do really well. And so if you're speaking to them after the test, how do you measure a soft skill? It's mostly about, um, previous situations. So we go really around situations, but in situations where they try to have an impact or where they aim to have an impact. So how do they reason? Where do they see the opportunity? How do they approach it, generate buy-in, or really try to bring these ideas forward? Uh, did they make it? What was the result? What was the learning? We talk about impact. We talk about, hey, you brought a new technology into your team. How did it go? Um, stressful situations, uh, situations where they were not able to uh, fulfill a commitment, and they had to communicate this. They had to make it visible. Uh, and maybe ask for an iteration. Okay, well, can you make a decision on that? Uh, so a lot of really uh, uh, there's this star structure for mm. how to how to go on interviews. So it's a lot about that with also the learning at the end. What would you do differently? And I think we pick up pretty quickly on whether or not they've been in a similar type environment where they're collaborating not just with other engineers in their same function, but also maybe research team, design team, product manager, you know, other functions of engineering. Mm-hmm. So uh, especially um, in markets where there aren't as many tech companies with similar tech structures, um, we really try to probe on that and make sure that this is an environment where they can be comfortable and also be successful. Mm-hmm. And so if people are not so familiar with the structure that we have here, um, how would you get, how would you prepare a candidate for, for meeting a company like us? Well, a lot of times people come to us because that's, they've, uh, they have the self-awareness that, that this is something that they need is more collaboration and taking that next step in their career where they're not just um, working on a team of developers. They're actually collaborating and working towards the product. And, and again, kind of going with uh, the end goal of customer obsession, which is obviously one of our values here at Get Your Guide. So I think when people have reached that kind of epiphany of, of their own career that they want to... Um, collaborate with other functions. I think that's a great sign and, and a sign that they're ready for it, even if they haven't um, worked that way in the past. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's about understanding. Um, even if they don't have the experience, do they understand the challenges? Can they anticipate them? Are they self-aware of their own challenges in, in, a, in an environment like that? So yeah, it's really about already anticipating and having the willingness to go through them. And for those engineers who aren't used to working in mission teams or as like guilds, as some other companies call it, 
Can you um, briefly explain like how a mission team works and why it's important that engineers have to learn how to collaborate across different teams in order to be successful in these missions? Um, yeah, so we have um, we have several mission teams. Each, each mission will focus on a particular area of the customer experience or um, phase. So for while we focus, for instance, on the post-purchase, we have some uh, some teams focusing on how how can we build our listings to be more so that our users are more willing to buy something. So they like what that is. So that should explain and set the expectations correctly. Um, and we have other missions that makes the payment as smooth as possible. All these missions with apps engineers or other functions in, they have a common tech uh, structure. So we have uh, the same tooling or we expect to have the same tooling. We also have consistency about style, the code style. On the apps, we also need to um, collaborate around a, real, a delivery day because we, we cannot just submit to the store every, every day. Uh, right now, we are submitted to the store every two weeks. So we need to make sure that we are aligned on that date and people know and understand when that is happening because that's where your work should be done to go out. If you if you want to, if you want to get that out at a, at a particular date. Mm -hmm. um, so all this collaboration happening outside of your sprints or outside of your normal development process, um, introduces another level of complexity, other levels of communication. And in the end, the communication and people collaborating towards um, common goals in the end, which is the catch your goals, um, but already um, in parallel with their own goals, with their own team goals. Those are the challenges. And then, um, speaking of uh, coding style, as you said before, um, what are our company philosophies around how we choose to assess coding abilities and technical um, acumen? And I don't know where who uh, takes care of that first. Like, where is that in the the process well i would say i mean we're fairly language agnostic like we if people prefer to code in a certain language we're okay with that with the caveat that as long as they're willing to learn certain um parts of our stack once they're on board but for instance like part of the assessment with a take-home test that's more open-ended we don't want to box anyone into one particular um a framework or language so uh for that part we're pretty um, agnostic about it. Um, I think we have though for the iOS and Android positions, um, we're a bit more strict on the language mm -hmm. because uh, these, each platform determines very much which language to use. So on iOS, you can use Swift or Objective-C, while on Android, you can use um, Kotlin or Java. Mm -hmm. And right now we're giving preference to the newer, uh, to the newer languages, which is Swift and Kotlin. There we are a bit more strict mm. and also, but, but that's also what is already expected on the job. We have those two requirements. Mm. Yeah. But for instance, some, some Android engineers might say, Hey, I prefer Java. So even though I know Kotlin's more modern, is it okay if I use Java? And we said yes. And, and we'll kind of give that um, context to our graders to make sure that they're not docking them for using a, you know, an older language. Mm -hmm. So. 
Sorry, your graders? That's it. Yeah, so we loop in members of the engineering teams um, and, you know, basically bring them into the interviewing process um, fairly early on to um, to make sure that everyone is kind of on the same page in terms of calibration of what we're looking for. And then also mm-hmm. to, uh, to basically make sure that we have the right technical signal from the people that are actually doing the job every day. Um, and so to, to ensure, um, you know, lack of kind of any kind of subjective bias, uh, we usually have two actually graders, um, for each test so that, um, and that they won't see the other person's score until they submit their score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if they're in agreement on the, you know, whether to move forward or not, obviously we move forward, uh, or not. Uh, and then if there is kind of a, you know, conflicting answers, then we'll kind of go further. And then Fabio as the pool owner, will kind of, uh, we'll kind of step in and assess the scorecards and see, um, what makes the most sense or even have the graders come together verbally and kind of talk out their points. Um, but I think mm-hmm. that creates, a you know, uh, a more objective, um, kind of signal moving forward and they're kind of grading against rubrics as well. Yeah. So, so another, so example of a grader would be like another engineering manager or it would be a fellow engineer, like mostly, yeah, mostly I see so individual contributors on the engineering team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you said before a term pool owner, would you explain yeah. that? <laughs> Is this for perhaps non get your guide people to understand? <laughs> The, the pool owner is, um, is a person responsible to make sure that the interview process is healthy mm-hmm. and that the, the needs of the company for a particular uh, tech skill, so iOS engineers, mm-hmm. uh, Android engineers, backend, full stack, etc., uh, are being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So process, right kind of candidates, right kind of... Um, the right kind of interviewers. And so the pool owner starts early on in, in the process also interviewing. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that interview and from the collected feedback from all the interviewers, uh, the pool owner then decides what, uh, what is the hiring manager that should be getting or should be interviewing this candidate at the end. The hiring manager is normally the person who's going to directly manage the engineer. Mm. after we hire them. Makes sense. And so um, how do you, um, let's say, how do you align? How do you make sure that you are uh, on the same page when you're working together? Yeah, I think time definitely is, is key. I mean, uh, before Get Your Guy, I hadn't worked on mobile engineering roles. Um, so uh, it's been great to learn a lot from Fabio and from the team and just get especially it's almost helpful to not have any background because a lot of things that we do at Get Your Guide uh, are probably a bit different than um, how mobile teams might work at other team, uh, other companies. So it's kind of a clean slate in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think collaboration comes with practice, you know, going through, you know, assessing feedback together, assessing resumes together, making decisions on moving candidates to, you know, further stages together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then ultimately with more time, we'll, we'll actually have a, uh, you know, a lot of new get your guiders that we've hired together mm. uh, and, and, and kind of knowing what the bar is and what, you know, what the skill gaps are that we can help fill. So, yeah, I would just add that I approach this as a partnership. Mm. So we have different expertises and then I rely on Andy on his hiring expertise to help me make the, the best process we, we can have for the mm-hmm. years. That's all I 
That's how I tried to approach it. Partnership. Definitely partnership. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, okay. I have to ask, um, because, you know, there's certain types of engineering roles that are, you know, very high in demand and there might be a couple of different companies that are courting the same candidate. How do you know if someone is not just coming in to do some salary shopping and just kind of scouting out what's going on? And because, you know, it takes a long time to <laughs> you invest a lot of time in a candidate and you expect them to be serious. So yeah. How do you know if an engineer is not just shopping around? It's one of the first things that we address. So it is listed in the application as, uh, you know, there's a box for salary expectations, which is kept private. But, um, if it's a candidate that we source, for instance, or a referral, or they come in some other way, it's one of the first things that we talk about because we don't want to waste their time. If their expectations are you know, beyond what we can offer, we have a comp philosophy actually that we don't negotiate. We have exact, uh, you know, salary figures for each tier within each level. And that's to ensure fairness, which is again, one of our values. Um, our CTO Udi has a great you know, philosophy around this that he has openly shared in front of the whole company. And I uh, think blog posts to be coming soon. Um, but, but this is actually, uh, I think important that people know that this is a philosophy that we have and it's not just recruiter speak. Yeah, we actually don't negotiate. And, and I think that actually does help, um, set a more fair playing field earlier on. And, uh, and yes, to your point of, we don't want to uh, have candidates that are just salary shopping and not truly interested in, in uh, the goals here. Uh, but also we don't want to waste someone's time if they truly are out of our range one way or the other. So have you any thoughts on that? I think the only sign early sign I would get is if someone don't really have time to put into, into the process. Mm. If someone is saying, um, I cannot really do this, there are definitely good reasons not to do it, but it's a, sometimes a sign for you mean like a test commitment. Or? Yeah. For the commitment it can put into something mm -hmm. because when you're shopping, the commitment is not quite there. No, yeah. that's how I read it. Yeah. It's like, how can I use the least amount of effort to get the most amount of offers? And, mm -hmm. and you can usually smell that what you know once you've been in recruiting or hiring for a while it's it can be pretty obvious um you know maybe delayed availability or you know rescheduling interviews or you know asking for extensions on a take-home test which again as Fabio mentioned there are plenty of valid reasons for doing these things mm -hmm. um so i don't want to discourage anyone from asking for asking for permission for an extension or anything like that but mm -hmm. i think um you know, hopefully you can have an honest conversation with your recruiter on the first conversation about, you know, what's really driving you towards looking for a new career or a new job. And it's okay if part of that is compensation related for sure. Um, but yeah, we just want to make sure that with our philosophy, uh, it's very clear and, and transparent up front. Um, clarity is one of our, again, one of our values. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we try to abide by that. So you see a lot of different candidates. You see a lot of different, um, engineers who go through the process here. Is there something that you find is very repetitive in those interviews where you thought, oh, I wish that people knew this beforehand, or I wish I could have told them this um, before? Is there any example of, of a message that you want to tell? <laughs> that you want to share with the engineers out there listening? I'm not sure if I'm answering your question to mm -hmm. the point, but one thing that I hear often and I'm thinking, I wish I could be surprised on this answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, and people, because I hear a lot of people saying, I, I, 
I want to join Vegevan because I like traveling. Mm-hmm. And although it's completely fair, I also like traveling. I, the thing is, I don't know anyone who doesn't like traveling. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's a call to, uh, hey, come, come and surprise me with, a, with another answer. Right. Yeah. And, and the flip side of that, where you, how you can turn that into a positive, which I uh, have seen, including on a call this morning, is I love traveling. And here's how I can show you that I'm passionate about it. I've you know played around with the iOS app. I've played around with the Android app. Mm-hmm. I, you know, recommend these certain things. You know, I think this part of the UX could be improved. I would love a chance to work on this part of the product. Right. Um, here's where me as a customer would, would love improvements. Um, and just kind of like stepping into like, if you were to work here, get your guide on the engineering team, what were the, some of the things that you'd be passionate on working on so that you as a, a traveler who enjoys traveling, yeah. um, could benefit from it. And so could our millions of other customers, yeah. not just, I love traveling. Send me places, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we've heard that in other departments as well, actually, from other hiring managers. And also in terms of, um, sometimes in terms of like misunderstandings, what's the common misunderstanding, whether a candidate has it about the role or the team or the company? Is there, is there something that comes to mind? No. I mean, not, nothing comes to mind. No. Um, like gross misunderstanding. There is definitely some clarification we need to give a, around how do we, what's our performance review process? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we level our, our engineers? It's, it's quite a, uh, thought up, well thought up process. And, uh, I think people might not expect when they come into interview with us. And it's, it's something that I try to walk with them when questions come around. Hey, yeah. what about my performance reviews, how, how, how is it done with Getchevay? There are some surprises. So I think that's where I'm coming from. People are quite surprised with the process when they hear about it. What, do, what are they surprised about? Is that it exists or the way that we, that we do it? Mostly the way that we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is well thought of, that includes 360 reviews, mm-hmm. includes also a competency profile, these uh, fairness in fairness and transparency about, um, a salary, a salary. Mm. So all that, all that together makes it for, um, solid and well thought process that people are kind of surprised. Oh, that's good. That sounds like something that I could definitely get in and start immediately get getting feedback and start seeing my growth, mm. um, in a clear way. Yeah. I think that's one example of the kind of sweet spot that we're in between scrappy startup and well-established, stable, still growing company where we can offer mature processes like this that people might not expect when we're also telling them about the fast pace of work and the, the, you know, chance for increased responsibility and chance to really make an impact on the product. So we kind of get in the best of both worlds at the stage of company we're in right now. It's a good time to plug that we do have a blog on Inside Get Your Guide called Career Path for Engineers, and I will link it in the description for this podcast. And in, in general, like when you are when you're talking to candidates about where we are right now, like besides the things that you mentioned, why is why is now a good time to to join if you're an engineer? Again, I will focus on the positions we're hiring for uh, iOS and Android, and I think now it's a time that we have the seed for uh, the teams that we're going to have. So we hired 
just uh, for for some perspective, 18 months ago, we were two engineers on iOS, two engineers on Android. And now we are six on iOS, six on Android. Mm. So we tripled the size of the team. So now we have all these new structures we are collaborating on. There's a lot of opportunities, but there's now uh, the foundation is there so that people can collaborate in, a, in an inefficient way. Mm. There was this scrambling that happened um, in the past when we were onboarding all these new engineers and setting these structures. And now we have a better setup for them to come in and collaborate. The focus on the com- uh, for the company is also uh, more directed towards apps. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing more and more initiatives, more and more expectations also come mm-hmm. for what are we going to do with our apps? Mm-hmm. What, what's the next step? Yeah. Yeah. Not just here, but obviously as a trend in, in the industry, as Fabio mentioned, more and more of our revenue is generated through the mobile apps and that will only continue to rise. Something that Johannes, our CEO, speaks about a lot mm-hmm. as well, kind of capturing these trends and, and riding the, the trajectory of them. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll continue to scale out the mobile teams uh, into the future. Mm-hmm. And um, thinking of the, the near future, I mean, uh, in terms of also where we're going, what would you say are like the, what are the top three must-haves that you feel like, you know, this is what we need when we look in candidates to help us, you know, get to the next level or to fulfill our strategy so i think the first one is i mean simple but going back to the collaboration i think the team you have to be passionate about working in a team with people of different disciplines um of different experience levels at the senior level we expect that they mentor more junior developers as part of uh their requirements and 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 hopefully people would look forward to that as a part of their growth and development so i think there has to be some inherent passion of growth mindset and um and and wanting to work with you know a, a wide swath of different talent. Mm-hmm. One that I was gonna bring up that surprises is the customer focus. Mm-hmm. We expect our engineers to understand the business, to be passionate, to be a champion for our customers. Um, not speaking on behalf of them, mm-hmm. but bringing the customer into the conversation. Hey, I saw in data that our customers are doing a lot of this, we could probably leverage that behavior to give them something that they, uh, that, that they would in the end use what they would in the end buy and enjoy. As a, you know, a non-informed, uh, non-techie. Um, so you mentioned data before. So how part, how big a part is, um, data analysis, uh, in engineering? Like, do they just, code or are, are they also um, expected to do a large part of data analysis? Depend on what kind of data you're analyzing. Mm-hmm. Definitely reasoning around data is important. Yeah. So what is a metric? What kind of metrics do we use? How do they reflect um, our business and our customer behavior? Um, how do they empower us in our, in our goals? So we have a metric if we're working towards that how good of a metric that can be. So we also expect our engineers to be able to reason. Mm. There's also data generated about uh, the app, the execution of an app on a device mm. or an execution of um, our services. 
So that data is also informing our engineers whether what they built is up to our expectations, our standards. So is it consuming a lot of battery? Is it, uh, what's the crash rate? So these are also metrics. This is data. So we might have, we have thousands of users using our app every day. If uh, we have 100 crashes, what's that crash rate? Is that a good one? Is that a bad one? How is it evolving over time? Should we put more focus on fixing crashes or can we live with the current crash rate? This is just an example of data um, that we expect engineers to be able to talk about, to drive, even to pick and decide what are the best metrics to optimize. Any last word of advice from you guys? If you could sum up really short and sweet a piece of advice you'd give to someone who is interested in working in engineering and get your guide? So it always helps to be well-prepared and have done your research because that just helps uh, whether the first call is with the hiring manager or the recruiter. It just makes a uh, conversation more uh, mutually beneficial to, to be able to get into some of the deeper stuff like Fabio was just talking about instead of just the very basics about the company or about the industry, um, which is totally fine to uh, to, to introduce, but I think the time is best spent kind of going into things about mission teams or about specific projects or the roadmap that we're working on, market opportunities that we have, sharing learnings from the previous global update, um, things like that, where you couldn't really find that information online versus a lot of the other stuff that we already have, have posted on the blog mm-hmm. or the benefits page, the careers page, et cetera. I would add, um, be honest. Be honest about your motivations, be honest about your expectations, um, and be open to be challenged, to talk about different areas, maybe surprising questions. But honestly, it helps if we are aligned because we are looking for candidates that are looking for a, a company like Catch Your Guide, and they want to work for a company like Catch Your Guide. And I think they also want to, us to be honest to them. Yeah, with a good feedback after the process on during the process yeah. so yeah everybody um, just be honest <laughs> easy yeah super easy um, well I think uh, that's it thank you so much for joining us today and talking a bit about how you um, hire for engineers and specifically for uh, iOS and Android engineers thanks yeah. for having us thank you Thank you both for your insights and stay tuned for the next episode of Talented.